0: You found yourself on another episode of Locked on Bulls. On today's episode, me and Pat are going to talk about Kobe White having his season high in a win against the Charlotte Hornets. We're also going to talk about Casey Johnson's recent comments on Zach Levine and the athletic reporting that the Bulls are expected to have a quiet trade deadline. Continuity wins once again. We're going to talk about it all and more on today's Locked on Bulls. Thank you for tuning in to Locked On Bulls, member of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every single day. That's Pat, the designer, host, and creator of the Windy City Breeze and host of the Chicago Bears podcast over at ESPN 1000. I'm Hayes, host, creator of Chicago Bulls and Chicago Bears Central YouTube pages and podcasts. And today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash locked on NBA and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Pat, man, uh, Kobe White in this game, man. Like, fourth quarter Kobe was lit. Like, they, 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 they DeMar and Kobe flip roles. Uh, DeMar was what, 0 for 5 in the fourth quarter of this game? Kobe White was like 4 of 8, 10 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, he finishes the game with a near triple double at 35 points, 7 rebounds, 9 assists, 3 turnovers in the game, going 12 of 22 from the field. Pat, how do you feel about the game that Kobe
1: White played and the Bulls pulling out the win? This is what I wanted yesterday. This is exactly what I wanted to see from Kobe White. And a lot of people were very upset in the comments and on Twitter. Oh, Pat, you want to see Kobe White take bad shots? Why? You, 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 He's just want him to force up shots. No, I don't want Kobe White to force up shots. I'm not looking for Kobe White to take bad shots. I'm looking for Kobe White to take his shots. And tonight is a night where you saw his handle allow him to put himself in position for continuous shots. And when he had a bad quarter, that second quarter was tough. Got to the free throw line a lot, the benefit of getting Mm. some of those calls, right? But it was a bad shooting quarter for him. He didn't really get much to fall in that quarter, but it didn't stop him from shooting the basketball. In fact, he turned it up. In the second half, and so when I watch tonight's game, this is the Kobe White I was looking for last night. This is the guy that I wanted to see, and it's not taking bad shots if you can make those shots. Bad shots are the shots you can't make. What did Patrick Ewing say? Do you practice uh, that shot?
0: That's not Oh, the barter Rosen shot? is the best bad shot maker in the NBA. But to the fans, I get what you're getting at, but but it's not a bad as, shot for just, him. Just as a little d, de- uh, as a little. I did specifically ask you if you wanted him to take bad shots, and you said yes.
1: I mean, here's the thing it's (laughs) it's not a it's not a it's not a bad shot for him. And I think tonight you saw a lot of those bad shots. That yes, there's a defender closing out. There's somebody with a hand in his face. Those type of things. But he's creating just enough space with his handle to get that shot up. Where we would look at him, we'd be like, "Ah, it's a bad shot." Not if you're not. I wouldn't say
0: that. I don't think that this, just because somebody's closing out on you doesn't necessarily make it a bad shot. I think the difference between this game and the Raptors game is the length that was on the court. So it's harder to create that space against the, the defenders on the Raptors. But I will say this game that Kobe White did a really good job at managing and 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 staying aggressive, right? Because there were some periods you mentioned that second quarter absolutely where uh, Kobe could have kind of deferred more. And, and we saw Kobe... Uh, really step up big throughout the stretch of this game and lead the Bulls in scoring. But also, we did see him facilitate some as well. Those nine assists, Kobe White's starting to get to the point to where his facilitating... The basketball IQ that he has and how that leads him to facilitate is great. He could have easily had 10 assists. There were two opportunities where he did that wraparound pass where he drew the defense in and Hoots just couldn't convert. You get those, you're talking about 11 assists in this game. I love that IQ that's coming from Kobe White now that we're starting to see not only is the matching the skill he has on the court and refining that, that basketball IQ for Kobe right now is one of the things that I don't think Anybody talks about enough because we, you know, he's going to talk about scoring things like that. But it's that it's those decisions that we're starting to see Kobe make outside of him the scoring situations that are putting him in a position where he's just he's just affecting the game throughout the whole game. And I love I love when he has that impact.
1: Yeah, and I think the thing is right is becoming instinctual for him, right. It's one of mm-hmm. those things where he just he, it's. It's why I'm talking about the shots he's taking, the shots he's making, the passes, right? Like the things that he's doing are now becoming second nature to him where it's just a part of his game. That's why to me, you can't have those games where Kobe White stopped shooting because I think you look at the rest of the team in this game, right? Yeah, Vooch had a good game and Kobe had a good game. But outside of that, Stat lines look very similar, right? Like, in the last game, Booch had a bad game. Tonight, DeMar just kind of, he, he took the backseat role in this one, and things weren't falling as well for him, 4-for-10 on the night, right? Like, that that's okay to have guys do that. It just now that we have a young player who seems like he's ascending and having a career night, I thought he balled out the night. I thought he had everybody else on a string. It always cracks me up because usually when Kobe gets to about that 6-3 rebound every night, I go, he is six five, ain't he? And It's not just me, dog. It's not just me. Did you see Pat Bev said the same thing? Yeah, Pat yeah. Bev people forget. said, I, I thought he was small till I met him. <laughs> yeah, and people forget that that Kobe White is technically a big
0: point guard. Like, and 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 I think uh, Io too. Io is now he's playing he's playing the three or the two because they're moving Caruso to the three. But like, there, there's they have the size and they have the length. And then when no. they get out in transition, they both are high enough IQ basketball players that it's beautiful basketball to watch.
1: Yeah, and I I think the fact that you're seeing those two work so well together, love what we're seeing from Io DeSumo, and more of a, I think, right, like we talked about this offseason, more of an off-ball role for Io, right? And and Mm -hmm. him being able to be, this is Illinois Io. This is the Io DeSumo at Illinois. He wasn't this elite facilitator, guys. He was an off-ball guy that, listen, you get him in a pick-and-roll with Vooch, he can drop the dime to Vooch. He can facilitate the ball with the best of them out there if you get him in the right situation but he's a guy that can go out there and score the ball in these situations where somebody else may be taking a focal point, right? In college, that was Kofi. Now it's Kobe. Kobe much better than Kofi. That's just how it works out. So he's he's able to get so many open looks off of that. And this season, the biggest difference is, I think he was getting a lot of these open looks last year, but he was so open. It was almost like it killed his confidence, right? Dwayne Wade said the hardest shot to take is the open one. So like, you see you're seeing him finally be able to knock those down tonight and the contested lays as well. And different things like that that he was making last season, but it's good to see these two young guys work so well together tonight and be able to come out with a dominant win.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, and I love that it is the young players that are really helping to keep this team at this level. And, you know, I can't wait to Pat gets back and hopefully he's, he's a little bit more healthy. Hopefully we see a little bit more Pat that we saw at the beginning of this stretch without Zach Levine, but uh, just it's really good to see these players play together. Now, Bounce-back game for Vooch in a way. Uh, I know that we were building it mainly around the segment about Kobe White, and it should be, deserves to be that, sto- that story. But yeah. how did you feel about the play from Nikola Vucevic as this game went on? I feel like not only did he play better as the game went on, but I feel like we also did a better job as a team identifying where to get him the ball, and it helped him out in those scenarios.
1: Yeah, today felt like a day where Vooch was doing the... It felt like Vooch was playing his role the way that he wants to play it today. Right. And I think that's the biggest difference it. with Vooch. There's a lot of times where Vooch is playing his role on the team, but it's not how he wants to do it. This was a lot of Vooch down low, which opens up things outside for him, which opens up things in the mid range for him, opens up that little turnaround float shot that he's got. Right. Like, but it was a lot of him early on where in a game where I think usually he struggles a little bit with some of these younger bigs that have come into the league. Nick Richards, a guy who, has kind of given Vooch a little bit of work this season. Not crazy work. I'm not gonna say he got, he's giving him crazy work, but it's giving him like Vooch. You should be killing this dude. What are you doing tonight? Tonight he was like, "Listen, you're you're not gonna dominate me down here. They're feeding me the ball where I want it." I thought Vooch took advantage of matchups that he was able to go after, and uh, I thought he didn't. He didn't make things tougher on himself than they needed. to
0: Agree. I 100% agree with that. And that, listen, it's just simple, bad, simple game. To quote Stacey King, is a simple game in the Bulls. As this game went on, took care of those simple things more that helped them get this win. Uh, and so before we go out of this complete segment, Julian Phillips didn't play as many minutes in this game, which is fine. But how'd you feel about the minutes Terry Taylor gave? Terry Taylor played pretty
1: good tonight for the Bulls. I'm I'm not hype on any of it anymore. Like Terry Taylor gets in, he's balling. He has, and he wasn't even balling this game, but just really not scoring wise. The rebounds, he
0: had some really key rebounds that we yeah
1: exactly right. But (laughs) like, he's cool. I mean, until we go up against a team that has size, and then we're like, why are we playing the six five dude at center? I mean, he's cool. Like I I I like that he's get that he has a role in there. Um, I, I would rather see Julian Phillips.
0: Yeah, me too definitely keep 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 going with the young guy that actually is 10 minutes is
1: not enough for me i'm sorry like i think that's one thing if there's one flaw that we can give billy donovan he does not build on young guys gaining confidence
0: he's not really good when it comes to that he's not not really at all and um it's unfortunate because it's like it, it seems like he every time it seems like he's going to start doing it, there's a perfect scenario. It's like, good, this is an opportunity where you can start building some confidence in young guys. Billy looks at him and says, oh, you thought I was playing him? And then they, that's it.
1: It's done. You never see him again. Like That's that's my biggest fear with Julian Phillips moving forward. Is he actually going to continue to get minutes? And the answer is, <laughs> let's be real, I, I base things off history. The answer is no. He's yes, not going to get
0: minutes. Tory Craig is coming back potentially Saturday.
1: That is the end of Julian Phillips minutes that is the for the end season. of Julian the Phillips playing getting minutes, potentially.
0: Let's say I hope that it's not the case. But just Billy Donovan, I don't trust him to keep playing it. But you know, uh, we'll 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 see how where that goes. One person I do trust though is Casey Johnson. And Casey Johnson recently had some comments on Zach Levine and the and the, had some damning comments if we're gonna be 100 percent honest, which we're gonna talk about. Before we get into that, though, I gotta talk to you guys about one of our sponsors, and that is Prize Picks. Pricepix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, where the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports is just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, You pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prospects even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, the player gets rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy platform with the injury insurance policy. Uh, quick and fast withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make PrizePix the number one daily fantasy sports app. So, with that said, go to prizepix.com slash Nba and use code NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com slash NBA and use code NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, Pat. It's different. We've been hearing for the last two months about the trade market of Zach Levine, the questions around Zach Levine, but it never quite hits the same because it's not, it's always from sources that don't follow the bulls day in and day out. Casey Johnson travels with the team he's with the team primarily through the whole season so when he says something and he actually reports on it not just kind of because Casey Johnson is really good at saying hey these are my thoughts and he's different than saying this is kind of what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing this is actually a report before the game today he had some comments on Zach Levine and I don't know I'm not going to say anything for sure but if anything Puts a, a a damage on Zach Levine's trade value. I would think these comments from Casey Johnson definitely speak to that. How do you feel about that, Pat? I mean,
1: yeah, he basically said that Zach Levine's not viewed as a winning player. He's not viewed as a player who affects winning uh in in uh organization. And that's the reason why there's no trade market for him. And the injuries. Uh, and and of course the injuries that play along with that as well. Um, I think that's probably a blow to Zach Levine's confidence, maybe, but listen. Here's here's my message to Zach Levine. If you are here with the Chicago Bulls, there's a stigma on you that will not go away unless you do one thing. When you may be here post trade deadline, unless you do one thing, when you may be here post next trade deadline, unless you do one thing, when when you're not being viewed as a winning player, you have to affect winning in the place that you're at. Right now, the best way for him to do that, to me, I think the best game we saw of Zach Levine's return was that second game where he came back, was knocking down shots, was going out there at uh, 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 playing off of Kobe White perfectly. We're getting the Zach and Kobe memes everywhere, all over. Oh, Sweet this is life. great. They're all back. Sweet life of Zach and Kobe. And that is probably who you're going to have to be in the Chicago Bulls organization for you to affect. Winning, you've got to be the Klay Thompson to Kobe White. You've got to be the Scotty Pippen to Michael. Or I'm sorry, clay Thompson to Stephen Curry, the Scotty Pippen to Michael Jordan. You've got to be the guy that does the other stuff.
0: And I think when it comes down to it, is that if Zach Levine does that and buys in, he may end up finding that he doesn't actually even need to leave. A Zach Levine that embraces being the second and tries to impact winning, could potentially be perfect for this team with his ability to stretch the floor. Kobe's uh, growth as a point guard and point guardsmanship, actually getting players open and his ability to drive and kick. There could be a scenario in which that happens. Now, I'm not saying that that's likely. I think Zach Levine has his intentions clear. But the thing is, is that this all started, this truly was rooted in, I just want to win, and this team, between that and Billy Donovan, I don't feel like it's put me in a position to win. You never know how th- how winning really solves everything. And and Zach Levine can still be effective on this team. I think we talked so much about Zach Levine potentially being traded because of 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 the requests and things like that. But like Zach Levine is still a damn good player. He's flawed, extremely flawed player, but he still can be a damn good player. He was thrust into the role of a number one that he was never equipped to be. Now he can be a co-number one, he could be a number two if he really defers. It could be a great that. But in any any scenario that this ends up working out the best for Zach, it includes coming in here and realizing that now you have a role. And if you fit in that role, it doesn't mean that you're just a role player, but you have a role. And if you fit in that role, that's where the good things come from. And I just don't know if Zach Levine has the mindset of being able to sacrifice that right now for this team with Billy Donovan as the head coach. I don't know. I would love to be wrong on that. That's just kind of where I sit on it
1: right now. And if he if well yeah, that's kind of what? uh <laughs> whoa, crazy. That was crazy. That's not bad though. 16 minutes in, that's our first record scratch. That's not bad.
0: I mean, because you had a big one before we started, we pressed record.
1: <laughs> Yo, that
0: was crazy. Bro, that was crazy. We <laughs> 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 won't speak on it.
1: No, I and, and I'll 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 say this to, to your comments, right? If if he doesn't feel like that's the role he needs to take on, then Casey Johnson's right. Mm. you're not a winning player. Yeah. And I don't believe that Zach Levine's not a winning player. I think that we've seen a lot of, since he's come back, right, he's taken less shots. He's been one of, I'm just facilitating, I'm just here. But it feels like that comes from a place of, I don't really want to be here. Yeah. Right, every time we see Zach, it's kind of just like, like, I think he loves his teammates. I genuinely do think he loves his teammates. But I think that he's... He's very much a guy who is, you know, he's sick of the situation that he's in. Guess what? We're all sick of the situation that you're in. But you actually can do something to impact it. You actually can do something on the court that can change that. And that's, to me, where I want to see Zach Levine do something the most, right? Like, figure out where you fit in in the dynamic of winning, because everything the Bulls need right now, you technically do. We need three-point shooting. We need uh, somebody that can push the pace. We need somebody that can stretch the floor. We need somebody that can finish in the mid-range on a consistent basis, not name DeMar DeRozan on nights when he's off. We need somebody that can consistently knock down shots. You do those things. But you don't do those things to me as the number one guy on this team in situations that lead to winning situations.
0: I mean... Facts are facts when it comes down to that, and you just you just spoke a lot of them. Um, so yeah, let's hope that that a Zach Levine that comes back focused. And I see Eco being said that he needs to focus on giving effort defensively. I could say this: what since he returned, he did that. But much to Pat's point, Pat made a great point when when Zach came back and he was defending, he was facilitating, he was rebounding, he wasn't taking a lot of shots. It seemed like it was this thing like I need to do this to prove it to people to shut them up so I can get yeah. up
1: out of here. Now, how about you do it now to prove that you can contribute to winning? And here's the thing. When people show you who they are, believe them. I don't expect Zach Levine Mm -hmm. to be a a 110 defender the rest of the way, the rest of his career. That would be stupid to expect out of it. Mm -hmm. You put players on the floor that allow him not to be a one, or where he doesn't have to be a 110 defender every day. That's on the organization. That's on Billy Donner. That's on AK. But the things that you can do that can affect the game, you got to do them. Nobody else can do it, and you want to know why nobody wants you on their team right now? Because you make two hundred and fifty million, and you don't do those things. There is a perception that only Zach Levine can change, and I hope he. Listen, I I, I think people think I hate Zach. I see him. Like, How are you blaming Zach for all of this? Because he's the one that can get the ball in his hands and change the game. He's a player that at the drop of a dime can drop 50. He can change the situation that the Bulls are in. I can sit here and talk about it, but me and Hayes can't change nothing. Hey, Hayes don't seem like he's changing nothing as uh, we'll talk about in the next topic. Like, <laughs> like, yep, we're good, baby. Here we go. <laughs> hey,
0: that that uh, thumbnail that I made, what was that last week, becomes truer and truer <laughs> every single time. Hey, <laughs> right,
1: bro, no. I got to find the picture. I got a picture in my... It might be on here, do we? Have, oh, no, because we switched things. I'll find the picture for the next topic. I'll try to find it and put it up here. But there's a picture that epitomizes what the Chicago Bulls are doing right now. And it so perfectly encapsulates where we're at right now with this season. Uh, But we got to talk about, again, that trade deadline situation of the Bulls. But first, we do have to tell you guys all about FanDuel. Here's the thing. Super Bowl is coming up, ladies and gentlemen. And everybody is ready to celebrate another Super Bowl. Pat Mahomes is back. We got to start having some GOAT conversation around this, man. Like, I'm not talking about a GOAT. It's about the GOAT. Hey, listen. Six AFC championships and what four Super Bowls in his first six years? That's crazy. That's 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 goat. That's crazy. That's, that's goat worthy. I mean, hey. goat worthy. I'm not saying he's the goat yet, but we can start worrying about having them conversations. But I'll tell you who is the goat right now. That is FanDuel America's number one sports book. If you like me on Super Bowl Sundays, it's all Somebody about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks and placing some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two. Or three, not only can you bet who will win the Super Bowl in Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which player will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just FanDuel.com forward slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com forward slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports partner of the NFL.
0: All right, Pat. We're not doing nothing. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. Nothing's happening at the trade deadline. Darnell Mayberry from The Athletic reported that many within the Bulls do not expect the Bulls to do anything at the trade deadline. Continuity's going to win yet again, Pat.
1: Are we surprised? Yes. Why? I don't know. Like, what's, what's different... From this season, then last season, then the season before where this is Denver, guys. This is just the bad part of Denver. Welcome to Chicago, the, the Chicago Nuggets. Not the Chicago Nuggets. Welcome to the Chicago Nuggets, bro. Like this, this is not surprising to me in the slightest. Because this is what the organization has told you they're going to do. They're slow playing everything. They're going to wait on everything. They're not going to be quick to make a decision on anything. This is your team. Does it suck? Maybe a little bit. I guess when we finally make the right decision, it'll be great because we'll be in that moment for so long. But, I'm not surprised by this. I'm not surprised that the reports are the Bulls won't do much because guess what? The second we heard Jerry Reinsdorf had his hands back in it, we knew what this team was about to be.
0: (laughs) Well, Jerry Reinsdorf had his hands back in the fact that I I actually like what we heard from that as far as that he just didn't want the Bulls to take a bad deal on the Zach contract. But the thing in this report that came out today is that not only are teams calling about Alex Caruso, Andre Drummond, they even said that. The Bulls that have
1: suitors for Nikola Vucevic, which I that that caught me completely off guard. There's going to be another opportunity for the Chicago Bulls to reset, and they're not going to do it because what is that? What happens when you reset? You go to the bottom. You're going to lose a lot of games. They don't feel like their young players are at a point yet where they can make that decision. Which to me, I think is really holding this team back. Because there are certain players that I would be okay with you moving off of because I feel like you have young players in that position that maybe, just maybe, and even if they're not, even if they're not, you're never going to see with veterans in place. I would be fine with you moving off Andre Drummond. You know why? Because Adama Damas is down in the G League just dominating every day. And every time, we see, every time we saw him, we only saw it a couple of times, on an NBA court, it didn't look like he was lost. Develop that. He's young. He's going to be here for a while. Develop that. I guess Andre Drummond is also young. But like, he's he's what, 30 now? He's finally made 30? Like, yeah, thir- thir- finally th- th- finally been 30. in the league 30 years. He's finally turned 30. But, develop that. You want to move off of DeMar DeRozan possibly? Okay, DeMar DeRozan's an older player. Play Julian Phillips more. Develop that. You got Dale and Terry. Develop that. Do
0: you think, and I think I've asked this question a little bit before, but it's been a while since we've talked about it. Is AK and Eversleys, their reluctance and maybe even a fear to be bad, even if it's for one or two years, do you think that's ultimately going to be the undoing of this team because they just refuse to be bad, take a development year while also getting a better draft pick? Do you think that that's going to come back eventually and be be the downfall of this front office? The last front office, the downfall was not understanding how to develop around a player and not how to draft with purpose. This front office is going to be that they just are terrified to be bad.
1: I don't think it's the downfall because I don't think either situation leads you to prosperity when you talk about bottoming out or when you talk about just being in the middle. Well, feel- I'm not talking about tanking. I'm not necessarily talking about bottoming out. So, but I, go, go ahead, continue. All right, well, I mean, I guess are you saying basically like just have a season where you're like, like where it's just young guys playing?
0: Yeah. For the most, I mean, you still have some key veterans like the Alice Caruso's, whatever you have some key veterans, but the, 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 the fact of it seems like AK and Eversley are terrified to move off this core and put a player like – put it in a position where, hey, now, Pat, you got t- you got to take 16 shots a game. We're, we're, you're going to take 16 shots a game. Julien, like you said, it's your time. You're, you're up now, my guy. Earn a lot the team. Henry Drell. Adama Snuggle go ahead and come on up. we got some minutes for you guys. It feels like this, this team where some – Teams have will will take those bumps that season, maybe win a 35-36 games. Um, and but you know, those players are developing. It seems like this front office now that they, because they have veterans here, they're never going to fully turn your young guys loose unless you're like Kobe, you
1: just hit a, a, a amazing leap in, in in the season. I I don't I don't disagree with that. I don't think you want to go full young guys because I think that's the problem with the NBA right now. And I think the prime example of that is what we're seeing happen in Houston. Yes, having a, a different coach in there makes a difference, right? But having veteran players on that team has changed the trajectory of that team. Now, are they elite? Not, by no means, right? They're a better basketball team, but you're developing young pieces. I do think you need to have those veterans there. I think it's tough to keep guys around if they don't feel like they're competing for anything, right? Mm-hmm. You can't get Tory Craig to come over here. You can't get... Uh, 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 you you get five Javon Carter's basically when you want, Jesus you know, the veteran Christ. when you want to develop just young guys. He's just like we're going young, but we want to get people in here, right? Like having Thad Young was a was a shock that the Bulls had him as long as they did because Thad Young was very integral to the development of Zach Levine. Now, did it do enough? Maybe not. People can argue that, but he turned into a twenty-eight point per game player while Thad Young was here. Those are the things that like having that vet that people can go to, that's how you make a better team. So I wouldn't want to see us go full young, everybody's a kid, go out there and figure it out. Let's do it. You don't want to piston see. I don't want to piston see yeah, at all, right? Because look, Monty Williams was a great coach two years ago. Remember but, that? Like when he was with the when he was with the Suns and he was in championships, he was elite. Oh my God, what a genius this guy is. What happened? You got he everybody team, on that team. He went to under a team 20. that
0: he didn't want to go to. How you got? How you gonna have to offer a coach three different times to coach your team, and then surprise with like it's crazy, man, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, I, I just I, I personally I feel like you have to have a proper balance, and I think that that's what the Bulls are trying to manage here. But I think you've got you've gone too far the other direction where you've got too many young guys waiting for older guys to get out of the way. Yeah. And I think that's one of the issues that the Bulls had because we the, the second everybody got out of Kobe's way, and listen, Kobe had to have an offseason, work with dribble too much, and different things like that. But the second everybody got out his way, he can magically play basketball at a elite level. At a level that I didn't believe he could play coming into the season. <laughs> I thought hey, I was with you. I thought Javon Carter might be starting here. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, you know I mean, like so. I think that you do have to have that balance. I'm okay with them not being all in on bottoming out and just playing a bunch of young dudes. What I'm not okay on is you not allowing those young dudes to take that next step. Yeah. That's where exactly I have to you,
0: you gotta you gotta work there.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if Billy's the guy to strike that balance,
0: but hey, we we'll see.
1: I mean, I again, like I, I said this on the breeze today when I was talking about the Bulls. I think Billy Donovan is a good head coach. A good head coach with great players becomes great. A good head coach with bad players becomes bad. Right now you're a good head coach with good players. You're just good. It's all it is. It's not, it's not horrible. It's not awful. It's not great. It's not amazing. You just you exist on the team. You Billy Donovan exists on the floor the same way most of the players do. That's where this Bulls team is right now, and it sucks. But, I mean, it's just it's, it's one of those situations where this is the team that you've put together, and you're going to hold on to it past the trade deadline. This isn't the picture that I found, but this may be a little bit funnier. I got to find the one. There's one with Benny the Bull sitting in a chair, but this is the Bulls right now. This oh, is, yeah, thanks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just, this is fine. Things are burning down in the background. People are screaming. Yeah, just shout out Clutch Points for this. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, this is fine. Could have done a better job at than that. I feel like that was a was a cheap editor on that one. Clutch. That was that was very. Yeah, they had, a, they had a junior on editor on that one. Yeah, that they, they, like, they they normally do so much better. They do great jersey work. We've stolen many. <laughs> can we say that? Can we can we say that on? Well, we haven't stolen here. So yeah, I mean, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we haven't stolen yeah. here. Just throwing a tweet, a tweet here and there. Yeah, yeah there you go. There you go. But right, hey, brother. this is a Bulls victory night, ladies and gentlemen. So that means before we get up out of here, we do get to uh, play the music. we will we'll do. Follow us on everything at Locked up Bulls. You can follow me on everything at Pat the Designer. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love.
0: I'm gonna do mine after your music. Get 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 the music. In oh, here, you
1: bro. want the music in there? What? Yeah, get it. Come on. Now. Oh yeah. He got a season high. The Bulls ain't trading for nobody new. If you thought this stuff was going to change, then you're just a fool. <laughs> See, Rhett. You guys
0: can follow me as CEO Hayes. We well, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Locked on Bulls. We are free and available in every podcasting app and platform of your choice, as well as YouTube and the Odyssey app. For Path the Designer, this has been Locked on Bulls. Peace, y'all.
1: Peace. What I was saying before the pod was I went to sleep, Leather.